Hi everyone, and welcome to episode number three of the Immigrants Live podcast. I'm Daniel DiBiasi, and before we start this episode, I'd like to give you a little bit of a context. I'm from Italy, and I decided to move to New Zealand when I was 27. Because I had no idea what to do once I stepped into the new country, I paid an agency in Auckland to help me. We're, we're going to talk about this company and what it offers later in this episode. And by the way, this is not a sponsor or anything. Anyway, the guy who helped me make the first steps in New Zealand was my today's guest. His name is Robin. He left France when he was 18, and before he settled in New Zealand, he traveled to 16 different countries. He's still running the same agency that helped me when I moved to New Zealand, and is now an expert of the South Pacific Islands. He created the New Zealand's largest travel guide, and more guides for other islands in the South Pacific. He also hosts a YouTube channel with over 16,000 subscribers. In this episode, we're going to talk about traveling, starting a business on a visa, what a world without border would look like, and even immigrate to Mars. We had good fun recording this interview, and I think you'll be able to tell. Okay, done with the introduction. So please enjoy this episode with Robin. Hey Robin, how's it going? Thanks for being at the show today. Pretty awesome. How are you doing, Daniel? Pretty good. Thanks, you? Awesome. Awesome. It's pretty amazing in New Zealand today. We're actually having great weather. Nice it's rare at this time of the year. Is it? Yeah, you guys are getting into, into winter. Yeah, we are going to be in winter in only about a month and a half. So we're supposed to be getting really cold. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you guys getting snow up there? Um, so I'm in Central North Island, so we don't get snow exactly where I live, but we have a beautiful view on the volcano. Um, in the Central North Island, you get Mount Rapu, which is a big, massive volcano, and it gets snow. It's actually the largest ski field in the country. And the snow is not up there just yet, but it should be coming down in the next few weeks, which is going to be awesome. Sweet. Do you ski or snowboard? Um, I do snowboard uh, along with my partner. We do a lot of snowboarding over there. It's pretty awesome. Um, sadly, I think at this season won't be really the same, but hopefully we'll get to snowboard soon. Yeah, and also, yeah, even last season here, uh, I mean, the season here in Vancouver and quite early this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Damn. So well, hopefully next year. Um, so you're in New Zealand right now. Where are you generally from? So I was born in France, um, in the south of France, actually, and uh, immigrated in New Zealand about 10 years ago. Okay. 10 years ago. What, and what age did you leave France? Do you remember? Um, yeah, I, I left France around when I was 18, actually. I started traveling. I traveled quite a few countries. I traveled about 16 different countries before arriving in New Zealand, and I settled in New Zealand about uh, 10 years ago. 16 different countries? Yeah, it's it's kind of a good way to um, check out a few places and see, you know, what floats your boat. Um, I feel like, you know, the world is quite a big place. So being stuck in one place for too long may not be the right choice, you know. So um, I think just exploring a little bit. Um, there is a program called uh, Working Holiday, um, which allows people, I mean, young travelers, usually under the age of 30, for some countries, 35. Um, and it gives you about a year to work and travel in several countries. Mm -hmm. And there is actually quite a lot of countries part of this program around the world. And so it allows you, even if you don't have that much savings, to be able to go to a country, kind of work and experience life there and see if it's kind of your thing. And otherwise, you have saved a little bit of money, you traveled a new land, made new friends, and you're ready for the next step of your journey. And that's basically what happened to me until I arrived in New Zealand and I decided not to leave. I was supposed to only stay three months in New Zealand, but damn, this country just it's, it's, didn't want to let me go. Yeah, no, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. <laughs> So you just like you did you leave France because you wanted to travel the world or it was just like a 
the other reasons for that? Um, so it, it was kind of, you know, uh, similar things. I was supposed to just go and do a bit of volunteering here and there and just kind of do a bit of growth and get back to France and finish my study. But instead of getting back to France, I took a plane ticket to go somewhere else. And then I went to another country and then I went to another country. And then I just ended up never going back to France just because, um, you know, it's just, just when you discover the world is a bigger place, you don't necessarily want to keep going. No, yeah, no, I, I, I get that. But at the same time, I remember when I left Italy on the same uh, kind of visa, I was, for me, it was like a, I don't know, it was a huge step. It wasn't just like, a, okay, I get on the plane, I go and travel for a bit. For me, it was that I'm going to change my life. I'm going to start my life over in a, in a different country. And you say that you don't need much saving. And even then, for me, it was just, I think it was like a perspective. For me, it was just like, a, oh, I need to have, enough money to do like a, I don't know, pay um, my expenses for the whole year. I sold my, my car, I sold everything I could possibly sell to, to move to New Zealand and, and, and start all over. Even if I was scared, I had to, all the paperwork from, from the bank, the bank statement to show that I had the money, so please let me in. It was, just, it was so much stressful, my, 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 my experience than yours. Um, yeah, I was, I mean, you wouldn't tell, uh, knowing what I do right now for a living, but I was literally the least organized person, right? I literally had a carry-on bag and that was pretty much it. I left everything behind. You know, you're talking about cars and everything. I didn't even bother with that. Someone has it. I think my parents, it, they didn't bother me. I had a few hundred dollars in my pocket and that that's basically what happened to me. Um, when I arrived in Australia, actually, uh, most of my savings was, was in cash and that either got stolen or lost. So I had no money and slept on the beach for a little bit while I found a job. And then the guy that I was working for gave me a bit of food for the few first, you know, for the few first days before I got my first paycheck. And just, you know, things worked itself out. Um, and, and that's very much how I traveled. And I, I felt it was definitely not the easiest way to do that. It's the best way to learn amazing life lessons because you do those expensive mistakes um, again and again and again. So you just get all of them in, in like one year. And then after, you know, you have, you have all this life experience. But uh, on the other hand, that saves you a lot of money on having to buy an expensive education because I just have to lose the little that I had rather than, you know, put myself in debt for a big amount that I didn't have. So to me, that was a bit easier. And I learned a lot. And now, well, I help people planning their trip and actually avoid making those mistakes. And I've done that for you know a decade now and very successfully, and I'm very happy with it. So I feel like it's more like um, do as I say, not as I do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely helped me because I remember when I went to New Zealand, I used uh, working, uh, working Holiday Started, which was, uh, was your company or was the, the company you were working for? No, no, Working Holiday Starter um, was actually, it still is my company, actually, okay. one of my company right now. Okay. Yeah, which is, uh, at the time, even then I remember, um, offer you, so somebody would pick me up at the airport. Uh, I had accommodation for a couple of days. Um, you will, you helped me to open the... Oh, the social issue, uh, the IRD to pay taxes. Yeah. So yeah. So it basically has everything included. So if you arrive in New Zealand and you do one of those working holiday visa, um, and you want to have like no, um, basically no 
issues and you don't want to bother with all the paperwork basically all is sorted for you uh, even before you arrive in new zealand you know you can send your cv and it's going to be uh, it's going to be checked out by by the team here and they're going to make sure your cv is going to be all right for when you look for a job uh, we even take you to the bank uh, you know your appointments already booked there all the paperwork is done for you it's just signed yeah. here signed there you got your bank account here's your card here's how it works uh, you got your sim card and your phone so it's all sorted you know like you kind of have everything sorted and then you have someone which is here to support you for the whole year um, if you do need extra help, you know, there's also stuff. Now we can help you with traveling around New Zealand. We can help you with education and all those kind of things. So, yeah, so it's kind of like everything you do need um, to travel in New Zealand. But if you feel that you are you don't need uh, any of the help and you just need to get the information and you can do everything yourself, um, it's definitely something which is very easy to do on your own as well. Just having one person that helps you and holds your hand also relieve of, of, of a little bit of the stress of, of the whole the whole experience. But yeah, if you do want to um, get information, you can go on um, nzpocketguide.com and it's like the Bible of traveling in mm -hmm. New Zealand. You get all the information you want and we have dumped all our knowledge there absolutely for free and there's no, there's no hidden kind of cost or anything like that. It's like either you need a bit of help and then you get working holiday starter and you know we got a great team in Auckland that's going to help you with that or you... Um, you can do everything yourself and you can go on nzpocketguide.com and you have all the information there. It's, you know, it's absolutely up to every traveler to want to do it their own way. Yeah, depending what kind of person you are. If it's like someone exactly. like you or someone like me, someone like me or like, no, 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 I have no idea what to do. I didn't, at that time, I didn't even speak English. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so true. So for me, it's like, but, but, no but, idea what to do. But if you're someone like me, actually, you are doing even worse. You go on our YouTube channel and just watch the one trailer of <laughs> someone doing fun things in New Zealand. You're like, New Zealand sounds fun. And you show up there. Because that's basically <laughs> my way of traveling, right? I, I knew nothing when I arrived in the place. Uh, I mean, obviously not anymore because now when I, when I travel, it's, it's with a purpose. Mm -hmm. But um, when I traveled around the world, I literally knew nothing aside from where it was on the globe. That was it. Yeah, I was I barely knew where New Zealand was on the map when I applied for the visa. <laughs> I only checked where New Zealand was on the map after I got the visa and that holy crap, how am I gonna tell my mom I'm going to New Zealand? <laughs> <laughs> it's so small anyways, New Zealand folks. That has to be bigger. Uh, you know, it's hard to find on the map, it's tiny. Yeah, uh, no, it's sometimes it's even cover <laughs> from somebody or something on the corner. Yeah. <laughs> but actually uh, I play a lot of board games. And uh, there is actually quite a lot of board games that use the world map to, to play mm -hmm. with things. So, for example, um, a Pandemic is a very famous board game. And uh, the world map of Pandemic does not feature New Zealand. There is Australia and then there is a big emptiness right here. So, Which right now is, uh, is a good thing. <laughs> just if you don't know we're here you can't you know contaminate us that's, exactly. that's awesome exactly new zealand is even risk even if you play risk there's no new zealand on the map really yeah. oh my god that's so funny it, which is great why would you attack new zealand it's an island middle of nowhere with sheep yeah why would you attack new zealand anyway you can't even put the tank on i think it's so small that you can't even put the tank on it there you go. If you can't put a tank on there, the country doesn't exist. Exactly. You can't play. There was actually a group on Facebook called like a, Does New Zealand ex Really Exist? People thought it was just oh, like a country created yeah, for, changed, for the movie. Yeah. And they changed, um, I think they changed or, or another group was formed, which was like a map without New Zealand. And they share a map of the world that forgot New Zealand and they made the companies and it's just funny. And, I've pro and probably from there, people start believing that New Zealand actually not, doesn't exist. Like people still believe the, the, the world is flat. Yeah, maybe. Uh, listen, uh, the Flat Earth uh, community, which is way too vocal that 
I decide not to attack them at all online. They do what they want. They can believe what they want to believe. Oh, absolutely. It's a belief. So <laughs> whatever they do, they want to do. Exactly. Um, going back to when you left France and, and you moved, start traveling. Did you speak any English at that time? Uh, not really. I mean, you know, you met French people on the road. They usually, even if they study English, they can't speak English very well. So I barely study English, actually, um, as a first language when I was in school. Uh, believe it or not, I chose Russian. Oh. I don't know why. Um, and I don't speak Russian, don't ask. But uh, I picked that language. So I have, I had no, no, let's say no knowledge of English whatsoever. I just picked it up as, as it went. Um, and my first English country was actually uh, in the USA. And so I did a lot of dishwashing with a bunch of uh, Mexican immigrants. So I learned uh, Mexican English. Okay. And uh, yeah, you know, I started graduating a little bit and then I hang out with the locals and that's how I learned. So I watched a lot of TV shows as well. Um, and yeah, that was basically how I picked up English. And uh, yeah, no, I did not speak English when I left France and I learned on the, on the go. Okay, that, that would look scary. I mean, I left Italy without any English too, but um, I was very careful when I went to New Zealand. In fact, when I went to Auckland, you suggest me to go to the English school, which I did for yep. a month. And after that, even the following month when I moved to Christchurch for work, even then I was, um, when I got the job, I could actually afford and I started paying for a private teacher. I like a private teacher once or twice a week and that was a huge help. To... I personally feel like if you're genuine and if you're friendly, people will forgive uh, the, your lack of English. And I, I mean, and it, everybody learns differently, you know. Um, there, some people, they need to write things, you know, to remember things, mm -hmm. you know, you need to write them down and you need to do a bit of exercise like that. For me, I need to embarrass, my, embarrass myself, embarrass, embarrass myself, embarrass myself. Here you go. I just did it. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, you know, you need to bring a little bit of shame to yourself uh, in order to kind of don't do the mistake again. Because you see, for example, just right now, this mistake that I've done, right? My girlfriend is from England. I'm actually literally going to ask her and hopefully I won't be doing the mistake again. And that's basically how I learn. You know, I need to touch the pot to see if it burns. And if it burns my finger, then I remember. But yeah, I did something that's similar. Way to learn. I did something similar on the way to New Zealand when I left Italy. Oh, yeah. My first plane uh, from when I, the first time I went to New Zealand, I um, I quickly learned how to pronounce Coke. Uh, I did yeah. exactly the same mistake. I was asking for something else on the plane, and the hostess was like all in bear. Like a, she showed me the can of Coke. It's like, a, is, is this what you mean? Like, a, yeah, yeah, exactly. If in my head it was just like a. That's exactly what I was asking. But uh, uh, the lady was nice to you. I got kicked out of the Wendy's in the USA, in Flagstaff, Arizona, in USA. I got kicked out of the Wendy's restaurant <laughs> because I asked for a big um, Coke. And um, I asked for a big one. And um, the lady really did not find that funny. And I was a bit tired because I, I used to work in the kitchen. So we did long shifts and everything like that. And I was like, God damn it. And I kept on repeating it, you know, like, I want a big, uh, I want a big. Uh, I want a big uh. and uh, yeah someone actually kicked me out and said now you have to leave sir you have to leave and so they walked me out and then I learned how to pronounce coke yeah and um, so you've been like a, so you traveled uh, for how many years did you travel uh, around before you settled to New Zealand roughly uh, probably about five years maybe so I, I just kind of hopped on I, I really don't remember the, the mm -hmm. date and sorry about that no, no. But, uh, yeah so I hopped on a, a lot around a lot of different countries just see what was floating my boat trying a little bit uh, of, of work or businesses here and there just to see um, to see what what really 
what what was going in and and then I arrived in New Zealand and and luckily about ten years ago New Zealand was yeah it was it was still kind of a big country and everything but there was a lot of opportunities so I definitely found like a space for me to kind of be able to express myself business wise because that's really mm-hmm. kind of the way I express myself and so that's why we went all in. Okay, you mentioned earlier um, before we started the interview actually that you had a few businesses even in other countries. Yeah. How easy was it to start a business on on a visa? Um honestly it's from my experience right it's about the same of than anyone else. Um I feel like you know if, let's take the example of New Zealand for example mm-hmm. right uh, my business when I started it here I was also on just on on the visa right you can be self-employed um so and that's usually for most people the first step in starting a business is you know you you self-employ mm-hmm. and you start your little thing and then we grow you know you kind of incorporate and you do a few more things. And um for me I have not seen any countries that were saying, oh, you absolutely have to be a citizen to start a business. So for me, I never, it was never even a question or never a checkbox on the form. So I never really thought it was, um, I think it's more like a subconscious kind of buyer. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I don't know the country. And I was like, yeah, but you bring something different. So why not? No, no, no. That's, that's uh, from my perspective, um, I for maybe because when I, i always were always trying to, I went to move to the country and a working holiday visa and then change it to a work permit. So when you're on a work permit, you're pretty much locked down with that company. Yeah. In that case, you probably, you're not allowed to open a business, at least in, in most cases. So you were opening a business on an open work visa, which is like a, the working holiday visa, right? Yeah, but I also was on a work visa at some point. And I, no, it was, ne- I, listen, it was never an issue for me. Okay. I, I can't really dive into in depth because I do not know um, the legislation and everything like that. But literally, it was not, you know, you have, when you get a visa, you get, you get, you've been given conditions and mm-hmm. um, there was no condition says you cannot start a business. And when you open a business um, and you fill up the form, um, I never lied on the form, right? But it, mm-hmm. it was never asked, are you a resident or what type of visa do you have? So I feel like they're not related whatsoever. And I okay. think it will be, it would be counterproductive for the country itself as well because most of the innovators and most of the great world leaders are usually immigrants. Like, yeah. hell, even the CEO of Google right now is an Indian immigrant, you know? And, yeah. and so it, it, it would be absolutely crazy for, for, for countries to just limit those things. He's, obviously, now he's, he's a U.S. citizen, but, you know, it would be absolutely um, uh, crazy for a country to stifle innovation by stopping uh, immigrants to start businesses. Um, if you start a business and then your visa runs out, obviously you have to leave the country and you can't operate your business anymore. So that's a risk on you as a, mm-hmm. as a business owner, but it's not a risk on the country and they have absolutely nothing to lose. Okay. That's interesting. That's probably just like some boundaries I put to myself that you can't open a business. Or if you are on a visa, you need to be at least a resident to, be, to, open, a, to open a business. I mean, maybe in some countries, and that's, mm-hmm. that's worth looking into. Um, I just do not see it happening. I mean, some countries, for example, like some countries in the South Pacific Islands, you have to partner on a business with a local in order for you to buy a business as a foreigner if you're not, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're not. So, for example, you have some countries that have very clear conditions, but it's known, you know. Like, I, I, I know that just because I had an interest for those countries, but not even looking into businesses. It's just when I started looking about the country, it was written on some travel guides and everything like that. So um, I feel like it would be very obvious if you couldn't. And, uh, and as soon as you start, you know, you want to start a business, the first hurdle will be the paperwork. And as soon as you're going to see on the paperwork, it will tell you straight away if you can or cannot. Okay. 
Yeah, I think it's a similar situation. They got the similar situation in uh, in Switzerland. Even in Switzerland, if you want to open a business, you have to have uh, a partner, which is from Switzerland, at least a resident okay. in Switzerland. Okay, so as I say, it probably depends on the country. For me, I haven't seen the hurdle. Or maybe I just got lucky and that was, uh, that was 10, 15 years ago and uh, things have changed since then. Yeah, maybe. No, but maybe, <laughs> you pro- you're probably right. It's just probably some boundaries that I put to myself. I mean, yeah. on my visa right now, uh, it says that I can only work for the company I work for, but at the yep. same time, it doesn't say that I can't open a business. So I think it's, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm confused with the two things. Working for somebody else and opening your own business doesn't mean you're working for somebody else. You is your Exactly. Own. It's not. So, you know, and, and the thing is like, just call uh, the, the proper authority. You know, I don't know if it's an immigration department mm-hmm. or a supervisor or something. Call that person and just see, hey, uh, did I understand that correctly or not? You know, and you usually get your answer pretty easily. Um, you know, I had some issues at some point with the, with some paperwork, and I usually call and I get the answer that I want instantly. And almost every single time, the answer was the answer that I needed, and not the answer that you know. Um, so, yeah, I think it's always worth trying. Okay, sweet. I will definitely look into it. Yeah, um, and also look, think about where you can register your business as well. If you if you have to register your business in Italy and not operate in, in, in Vancouver or in, in New Zealand or whatever, it may work. You know, there are hundreds and thousands of business. You know, when you buy when you buy something from Apple, I can guarantee they're not registered in the in the country you are in. Um, they're probably registered in the tax haven like Ireland, but you know they still can operate a business somewhere. Yeah, so no, you can no, still true. provide all that, and then you just have to provide your invoices in in you know in, with the header of another country, and it's absolutely fine. Yeah, no. You know, we do business with people from a lot of you know. There's a lot of companies which are not in New Zealand, which are buying advertisement on our website or all those kind of things, and they're not in New Zealand whatsoever. They're in Europe or they're they're in Australia, and and for them it's no issue, and we do really good business together. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, um, unfortunately, um, because I'm from Italy, opening a business in Italy, all the bureaucracy is probably just not worth it. Ah, <laughs> uh, you put that in your head as well. Yeah, you know, no, I... it is in the interest. It is in the interest of governments to let people start businesses because it generates tax revenue and creates job, especially in a time like like that right now. So I personally really truly believe that starting a business is way easier than people make it to be in their head. Yeah, I think it's once you do it once once you do it once, um, you can just it, it probably gets it get more confident. It gets easier, especially yeah, yeah. as I say, that probably and, and, is all in my listen, head. I've, I've had this talk very very often. You know, to actually try to get people to you know um, start a business or you know pursue their idea, even just give it a shot um, for for a little while. And I personally feel that it's super important for people to actually just give it a shot because you'll be surprised as well. Even in the countries where you think there's going to be so much paperwork, you'll be surprised how little it actually is. Okay. Thanks for um, giving me the, um, the push to try and, and, and do no worries. Give it a shot. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, so why did you stay in New Zealand? Was there a particular reason you stayed in New Zealand? Um, so obviously in New Zealand, if you have ever seen any pictures of New Zealand, it's absolutely stunning. So it's a country that captured your heart as soon as you as you land on there. Um, and I feel, I, you know, I felt kind of really good in the country first up. 
but also I saw a lot of opportunities and you know we just you know we just talked a lot about businesses and I felt like in a country as small as New Zealand with as much opportunity as New Zealand we could make a positive change and that's really something that we we strive to do and we always try to go to smaller community and make big changes so we created the largest travel guide here in New Zealand and we push a lot for sustainable travel um, because we know that people are always going to be traveling but we want uh, and we, we want to help people do it in a bit more of a sustainable way so we give a lot of tips on like how to travel a bit more sustainably but New Zealand is also the gateway to all of the South Pacific which is a ton of micro nations very small nations which have a ton to offer to travelers but also um, are are really hurt by tourism. Um, so I'm talking about countries like Fiji, Tonga, and Nui, for example, which uh, most people have never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nui is a fantastic country. So it's spelled N-I-U-E, if you guys are ever interested in Googling that country. And um, so, yeah, we have something called Nui Pocket Guide, which is a travel guide there. And for instance, to celebrate the launch of this, uh, this, uh, the travel guide that we did, uh, which is NuiPocketGuide.com, we decided to buy uh, metal reusable straws for the whole country. So we bought mm. for every single restaurant, every bar, every resort. We sent them a big set of metal reusable straws and all in one fell swoop, we eradicated all the plastic straw in the whole country. And it's something that we don't, you know, we didn't really advertise that so much or anything like that, but it's just kind of a, a fun way for us to start that. It's a very small country. There's only about 1,200 people in there, but it's stunning. It has beautiful coral. It has some of the clearest water in the world uh, because there is no natural runoffs from the islands. And so if you are, you know, looking to see some whales, you can go swim with whales over there. It's absolutely fantastic. And for us, being able to make such a big change, being just, you know, 30 something years old, you know, immigrant and, and make those big, mm. those big, you know, create those big changes uh, was just so important for us. And we were able to do that. So yeah, New Zealand was the right place. And uh, yeah, no regrets. Awesome. And we keep on doing that. We've done similar things in Tonga, Fiji, and we're going to keep doing it all around the South Pacific. So, so sounds, sounds great. Sounds great. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, no, no, no. Sounds great. And good, good for you guys to, to be able to do that and to do that. I would just put all the, the link you just said in the, the show notes so people can reach and, and see what you guys are doing, if it's okay for you. Oh, yeah. If you, if you, if you want to do that, you can. And if... No one is interested in checking out those travel guides. It's 100% fine. I hope that at least I inspire people to kind of consider, you know, not just traveling for traveling, but maybe if you're planning on relocating, almost every option is available to you and not just the fact that you're going to be grinding as a worker. You can definitely make a difference as an immigrant. And uh, there is millions of immigrants that shows that every single um, day in New Zealand and in the world. After all, we're all immigrants, you know, we all were born somewhere in Africa and uh, then we started traveling around when we started standing in our two feet and carrying fires around. So, you know, we're all immigrants at some point. Yeah, no, especially like new country, like in, like New Zealand, Australia, or the US or, or Canada. Just, just like yeah, there's countries. a, you know, most of, most of the borders and the country, the concept of countries is mostly red tape, um, in my opinion, right? It's mostly red tape rather than anything else. And um, it's just a way to kind of bounce people together and, you know, create a herd mentality rather than um, than an individual mentality which has its perks and its benefits but you know it doesn't really mean much in the grand scheme of what life really is yes but at the same time having boundaries and borders and country that creates cultures right i personally disagree with that they are they are um, 
ton of countries, for example, uh, Papua New Guinea, which is a country which is north of uh, Australia, mm -hmm. they have a ton of different islands. And it's actually, a, it's, it's quite a small country for what it is. Most people haven't even heard of it, but it's the country with the highest amount of languages. So I think they have over 300 languages. Um, so for a country which is just one country, having 300 languages is fascinating. Um, you currently live in Canada, right? There is the Inuit culture, which is really strong and really amazing. And it's extremely different than the most more urban uh, Canadian culture and then you have Quebec which has its own own strong culture as well and uh, which is still within the same Canadian country right and even in between all the different um, regions or even all the different areas and even within a single city when you have like a, a Chinatown and 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 other parts of the of the city you have different culture so I think the culture just comes from the people and, and sometimes, yes, it comes in grouping of people, but you do know how to put red tape and borders in order to define culture. There is, there is way more than that. So I feel like even borderless, even, even places that would be borderless will have strong different cultures um, and, and that will not, not change, in my opinion, anything um, to how people live and, and the, the strength of the culture. If anything, it would just make those cultures more accessible and therefore more shareable and therefore stronger and they will have less chances to disappear because you're always going to have someone who's going to be picked interest-wise by a culture or another. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, I think the mentality that people have about uh, boundaries and, and countries and community creates this kind of culture. Like you said, a city. People having like, a, because you're from Vancouver or you're from a different city, you're from there. So you act in different in different situation. Quebec is is a is a uh, I call it is um is it's a state, right? Yeah. And because it's Quebec, you have to speak French, and just like a, because you create this area, close area of is like a community, and I think it's, in some other countries, I think it's it's good having these kind of boundaries because it preserve um, their culture. For example, like a North America. They came. People came from you from Europe, and they just get rid of all the the natives. If you do that, yes, but on, okay. So I get that. Usually, cultures are local, locally based, right? And that, that's usually what it is. You know, it's the same thing in high school, right? You can have the table with the cool kids, and the table with the geeks, and the yeah. table with that. It doesn't mean that you have to put red tape in between all those. And I I I will argue that the culture will remain. Even if you were to remove the border, if you if you remove the lines around Quebec, if you remove the lines around Canada, you will actually still have those cultures in place. You will still have that. For example, I'm going to give you another example. We talked about the country of Nui, right? Mm -hmm. um, very small country. There's only 1,200 people in there. You drive oh, through wow. the entire country in about 30 minutes, right? That is as small as it is. Well, the locals tell us that they can tell if someone is from the northern part of the, of the island and, and someone is from the southern part because there is slight differences in language. There is absolutely no red tape. It's literally just, it's smaller than the town I'm living in right now. And yet they still have difference of culture, despite the fact that there is no border whatsoever. So the culture, will, in my opinion, will still be there, right? It will, it's just harder to get to and there's just more red tape. And I feel like it would be nicer to, you know, to have the whole world being like Nui, being like completely free flowing in between the cultures. Yeah, no, I, no, I get what you're trying to... What, I'm what just you, a hippie. No, no, no. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love your idea. I'm just like a, afraid that if you remove borders, people take advantage and they just 
um, they're gonna they're gonna do more like an arm than actually good by getting rid of uh, small cultures, like a people I don't know from from the Western um, culture. They come over and they take over and they start their own business, they hotel and something, and they just get rid of like their own the beauty of the country. That's what I'm worried about. It doesn't mean, I mean, it doesn't mean that you have not to preserve, like, you know, let's say we have a beautiful national park, it can still remain a national park and you can't build there because it's a beautiful place. Um, I'm just saying you can travel if you're from India, you do have the right to go and live in the USA if that floats your boat. Why not? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, as I said, um, it's, it's a beautiful concept. I'm just like, um, I don't trust people that much. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I think it's like, and, a, and yet, yet you chose to immigrate in multiple countries. I did, and, but and, and I'm pretty sure when you did it, you were a bit um, off-put by the fact that there was so much paperwork and it was a bit harder and everything. What if, when you came to New Zealand, well, you know, you didn't have to change your bank account, you didn't have to change your phone. The, the world was just one place. You just had to fly in there and just start your life in there. Then you may have to adapt to the culture, i.e., the language, and maybe a bit more learning more about the New Zealand culture itself. But that everything else was really seamless. Wouldn't it be a much nicer experience? Uh, y yes and no. Would be much. It would be. Would it be an easier experience? But at the same time, I think when they put me the obstacles on the way. They push me to to get better. Okay, do I need to have that kind of job? Okay, I need to learn the new skills to get a job to be able to move to New Zealand. To have like a certain income, a certain skills, I think it's it's good because it, they they preserve their own. They don't just get anybody. I think it's to preserve their own country, the economy on the country. Okay, we take people that we need. We don't just take take anybody and come here and and do nothing. So you're saying that it did force you to better yourself? Exactly. Absolutely. Okay, and to deserve the right to travel, is that what you're saying? Yeah, probably, yes. Yeah. Okay, no, that's cool. That's, that's, a, that's a good concept as well. Um, I personally feel that if the whole place, you know, the whole world was just one beautiful, free place to travel to, well, at that, for, at that point, they, there would be no need to preserve the economy because that would be just a world economy. And there would not be, you know, but again, I'm just being a crazy hippie. No, 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 no. I think it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a beautiful idea, a beautiful concept. As I said, I don't trust people. I think like a people, okay, uh, right now there's like economy is great in the US, everybody's moving to the US. They ruin the economy over there because there's like a, not enough work and not enough jobs. Okay, people move somewhere to think the grass is greener and they just all move to a different part of the country. They just ruin another country. And not having these kind of boundaries, like for example, to get a, a resident, residency, you uh, actually, to get a work permit in Canada to prove my English level. I think yes. that's great. If you want to stay in Canada, you need to learn the language, either French or English. These are two languages. You need to learn those languages. If you don't have, if you didn't have those boundaries, people will come here and speak their own language, and that's a thing. Get rid of the beauty. So why do you travel to to Thailand if everybody speaks French or everybody speaks English? It's just get rid of the culture. You know what I mean? No, I definitely understand. But on the other hand, all of our personal experience, right? If I had to prove my level of English uh, when arriving in New Zealand, and, and I did, um, I actually did struggle with that because I didn't learn English at school and I didn't want to learn English at school because this is not the way I am as a person. I could speak English, I could articulate myself, and I am right now, but um, I didn't have any paperwork to prove that my English was correct. So obviously it was a bit hard for uh, a person like me 
to be able to come to New Zealand. And yet I had a lot to offer. And, and you know, I've created the largest travel guide that, New, that New Zealand has to offer. I've um, uh, helped develop the tourism, um, the tourism industry in all the neighboring nations, which are supported financially mm -hmm. by New Zealand in order to sustainable, sustainably um, develop themselves. And, I've, you know, I've, I've enhanced tremendously the New Zealand economy. But if there, was to, if there was a little bit more red tape, if there was actually the current red tape that there is right now to, to immigrate in New Zealand, I just wouldn't have made it. And yeah, therefore, yes. New Zealand would have lose, missed out on someone like me. may not be a bad thing. I'm not saying I'm amazing. But I'm just saying <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I had a really good impact on New Zealand. And I feel like with the extra red tape now, someone like me that's trying to come in just wouldn't actually get in. Yeah, that's true. And if you get stuck at home, if you get stuck at home and you don't have the motivation because you're kind of like, okay, well, you know, home is home. I'm not really that interested in everything. Just end up being a, you know, a drone doing nine to five jobs and not necessarily be that happy and not fulfill yourself to your full potential. I'm almost certain that as a person, I only was able to fulfill my full potential after immigrating because I had the motivation yeah. because I had, you know, I was, I was kind of like, so I was in a different environment and this tickled my brain enough to sparkle all my ideas and the way I decided to work and the person that I became. I'd probably be a complete opposite person to what I used to be back um, where, where I used to live. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Uh, even for me, like immigrating, changing, moving to a different country, living my own country was the biggest change I made in my life and still the best choice I ever made. If it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for learning a new language, I would be a completely different person. Even then, like going through these obstacles, learning to survive because it's in, in, in one way surviving. It, I don't know, it's just like I, you, it makes you stronger, make you more resilient or of what life is throwing oh i couldn't me. like remote I, I was not able to learn a foreign language when i was in school back in france but when it was uh, learn a foreign language and get a job or don't eat well you know you get much better at languages that's that's you know that's obviously yeah. obviously how it works and so that's why i personally feel like i want more people to get this chance however the great thing about this conversation right here is that no matter how you cut it you will win because there is no way to cut the red tape. So it will still remain. I just like to have a hippie dream of everybody be able to, you know, travel around and and just roam the the earth as uh, as you know we used to do it when we were hairy monkeys. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just like a different kind of paperwork. Maybe just doing open the working holiday visa to multi, more more countries and have less boundaries. That would be definitely a, a good a good start. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can start on the next planet, no having boundaries. <laughs> Maybe Mars. Maybe we can start from Mars. Oh, no. The, you, know, you know how planet exploration is going already. Planets are then going to be owned not by uh, governments, but by corporations. That's just going to be very different. Yes. You know, that's why there's a rush to, to get there. You know, if you claim it, you claim it for your corporation and for one person. So we're going more backward because a corporation is owned by a bunch of people. So we're going back to monarchy more than democracies. So it's going to be, it's going to be cyclic. And, you know, that's what human nature is anyway. It's always a cycle, you know. It's like fashion, yeah. you know. Like flower prints are not in fashion nowadays. Yeah. Why are we going to be in fashions again in about eight years? And it's okay. So democracy won't be anymore. It's going to be corporation monarchies uh, on, on different planets. And, but we won't be here to see that. Oh, we never know. Oh. We never I don't know. know how long you're planning to leave, but I can tell you right now, I am not going to be there to see that. 
<laughs> I, I don't know. They, they're talking about being on Mars in a 10, like five to 10 years. Do you really it's think... more likely you're going to have Amazon on Mars before they go Amazon in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are correct on that. But um, yeah, do you really think that's <laughs> happening? I mean, I feel like, you know, there's so many promises for this, like, uh, you know, space exploration. I don't know, maybe maybe a handful of people, like, you know, walking on, on the moon, you know, it was like two guys. But like actual, some people living there and being accessible and everything, I don't think it's going to be in my life, li lifetime. I'd love to see that. That would be fantastic to see. I'm just, I'm just dubious. Uh, you know, like the Tesla car are still not, uh, not selling as well and are still uh, not all produced yet. So let's just give us the Tesla car first and then after we'll see if we can, uh, you know, fly to Mars. Yeah, but if you see like the progress they made on these like a new rockets, it just in the last, what, in the last three to five years, yeah. probably even less. They just like they, they went from NASA in a big like a, or, organization from countries to like a private corporation. Now they got uh, Blue Region yep. from like uh, Amazon. Uh, I think it's Virgin. Jeff Bezos from Amazon. No, which one is Virgin? Oh, Virgin Atlantic. Uh, so we Virgin. Virgin Atlantic, I think, I think they were like a just going to, they wanted just to do like a going to space just for, for oh, tourism. Yeah. I don't think they ever tried to go to multiple planets. Oh, wow. But like a Blue Region from Jeff Bezos and uh, SpaceX from um, Elon yeah. Musk. They're, they're two companies, they, are, they actually built um, self-landing rockets. And they're pushing very hard to, to go to Mars in, uh, as soon as possible. Yeah, listen, if they get there, and uh, I, I'd, I'd like to be wrong, I'd like to see that. I just, I just feel like I don't think that a person like me will have a chance to see Mars in my lifetime. That's it. But, but yeah, but humans may be in Mars, you, you may be right. To be fair, we're just speculating and we have so little information right here. I think we went way off topic. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I'd love yeah, to absolutely. see that. No, no, we went from immigrating to a different country to immigrating to a different planet. Hey, listen, that's the way to take your podcast to the next level. You know, when, when, exactly. when you're going to have, you know, scrap the barrel of the bottom, which happens to most people that have a podcast, you know, you're nowhere <laughs> near there. But when you're going to realize like, oh, what else do I talk about on that subject? Well, go to space. That's always a great, uh, a great place to That's start. Good space. You can open like, the audience to not just planet Earth, but even like out there. If somebody can hear this message, we're coming to, in peace. Exactly. <laughs> it's like me. You know, my business is to do travel guides for New Zealand and the South Pacific Islands, right? When I'm going to be done with the South Pacific Islands, because then there is only about 20 of them, uh, maybe Mars. Maybe I can do the first travel guide to Mars. That would be what awesome. Would you really do that? Would you really do that if they have the chance to go to Mars? Why not? Like, I like the answer. Yeah, I mean, like, I do not see uh, a, a single reason not to. I mean, probably be six months of traveling maybe this would be the only the only barrier well you know like uh, the first people that there, colonized but... new zealand um were polynesians that just came from high islands probably like hawaii and everything and they spent about three months on a, on a small wooden canoe and they survived if they can yeah. spend three months on a small wooden canoe i'm pretty sure i can spay i can spend six months in a beautiful high-tech space shuttle with unlimited entertainment um you know that we have nowadays you know like six months it's uh, how many episodes of Tiger King is that? It's not that many. So, um, here you go. You, you know, I can just binge Netflix and uh, play some uh, video games. And uh, I think it, it'd be done in a flash. Yeah. But at the same time, back then, they didn't have all this comfort we have right now. Exactly. So, so right now, I'm going to have unlimited amount of entertainment. My brain will not have the time to rest in six months. Yeah, maybe. 
I mean, if, even if like I'm going back like a 30 years ago, I think I met a guy like a, there was like a, this old dude uh, at the airport that was when I was waiting for my mom in uh, in Christchurch in New Zealand, and this guy he he moved to New Zealand 30, 40 years ago or something like that. Even 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 then, like he went there on a boat. It takes it took like six months yeah. to get from. I think it was from the UK. So from the UK to New Zealand was six months on a boat. Yeah, to help with that. So if it, they can do it, why cannot I just do on the space shuttle and go to Mars? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, I'm not saying it will be the most pleasant experience, and it wasn't for them as well. You know, many people have immigrated and and haven't had the best experience in the world doing so because the journey is pretty painful. But you know, as you were saying before, you want to deserve your immigration. Well, back in the days, there was no paperwork to do. You literally landed in the USA, and uh, you were given a piece of land and go on and go either search for gold or start farming. That's what used to happen. You know what was the hurdle? For you to, you know, now the hurdle is paperwork. The hurdle was to actually make your way up there. It was so painful. You know, you had to battle scurvy and all this nonsense. If they can do it, some people, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a struggle for the first few people going to Mars. And then, you know, transport is going to get better. It's going to get faster. And then, you know, people that will have went there first will be like, oh, back in my days, you know, it was really hard. It took us six months in a space shuttle. And we only had like <laughs> yeah. you know, freeze dry food. And, you know, then people are going to travel in, in a week and uh, it's going to have delicious food. It's fine. I think like you know, if you have to endure a little bit, you just enjoy the reward even more. Anyway, here's a yeah. message to Elon Musk and uh, Mr. Bezos. Um, if you guys need someone to do a travel guide of Mars, just uh, send us a ticket. <laughs> I, I know tickets to Mars are actually pretty cheap nowadays. So if you want guys, you want to compensate with a little bit of a ticket to Mars, go for it. <laughs> it's only worth like you know two billions or whatever so it's pretty cheap guys yeah no exactly <laughs> who doesn't have two billions in uh, those yeah, days yeah you know there's just pocket change uh, anyway okay and going back to Earth yeah. Let, let's um, land back apparently they're self-landing rockets let's let's back there and, and go back to your, your um, experience of living the country <laughs> um, what was the biggest upside a bit uh, about living your country I think it uh, removes all the safety nets. Uh, I think when you're in your own country, you have a lot of safety nets and you are thinking, oh, well, you know, if you, you know, if that doesn't work, you always have the backup of friends and family all the time. Or if that doesn't work, you know, you know, there is the, you know, your government is helping you and all that. But when you immigrate, you feel like you have to make it or, you mm -hmm. know, or you're not, yeah, or you're not going to eat. It's not really that, but you know what I mean. So I feel like it kind of really, um, it but it's you it's yourself still but it's yourself on steroids so you know when it was time for me to start business and to do this and to do that you know it's kind of like make it or break it and i think that's really um the best upside for when you you decide to go because well you know you can connect and you can skype with your friends as much as you want they're not here to get you back you you have to have your own back and i think that's the best thing yeah. because under pressure i feel like people perform better yeah no no i can't agree i can't agree more that's the reason why I left New Zealand to move to Canada because I felt I was I was too comfortable. I had my I had my side hustle. I was working on my things um, at night and working during the day. It's just like I have my my nine to five and my extra the extra time I was doing uh, for my working on my side hustle. I was just feeling too comfortable. Yeah. Like I, I wanted to go back, put myself in trouble. That's how I want to call it. Uh, as I went to move to New Zealand, that's where you perform hundred percent. Yep. I, I can't I agree, more, yeah. agree more. What was the biggest thing uh, you think that helped you to into in, in your journey? Uh, 
I don't know. I, I think not being too scared, like, you know, just being so nonchalant, you know, I was kind of like, oh, well, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It, things always work out anyway, you know. So I wasn't really, not, you know, not, not being panicky too much, you know. I think, um, I think that's the thing that helped me the most. And I feel like this is really why we have those travel guides ready for people. You know, that's why we have a Z pocket guide because even people which are overthinker and over planner, I just want to give them all the information. So that's kind of like, oh, all the information is there. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of re relieve all the stress, you know? So I feel like what helped me was the fact that I wasn't stressing out whatsoever. It's kind of like if things, you know, if, um, if um if the shirt hits the fan it's fine mm -hmm. um but uh and that that's and that's really the feeling i want to give to people so that's why we made those, those those travel guides because if you are thinking what if what if what if and you start in your brain going nuts on all the bad scenarios that could happen you're never going to do anything there is always a million things that can go wrong but if everything goes well, it's awesome. And if something goes wrong, you learn from it and you are living yeah. with life experiences. It's okay, no matter what. And so that's why we have, that's why we decided to do that. And that's why we go so nuts and we put so many hours in creating all those travel guides. Because if you are the overthinker, you reach our travel guide, you see all the information, no one has charged you for anything. You know, it's all free. You get all that. And you're like, okay, there's a community of people that actually put their knowledge there they all done it there is all the information i'm feeling relief i'm gonna jump and i'm gonna go do it i i agree um one question that uh came to my mind right now um let's see, let's see if you agree with me because when i left new zealand i did i and because i quit my secure job mm -hmm. like I, I put in in like air quote secure yeah. job because there's not any secure job anymore but that at the time that everybody was telling me like, what are you doing, Daniel, quitting your secure job to, to go to the unknown? But for me, like a living, quitting my job, selling my car, leave everything behind, make me feel like I kind of like didn't had nothing to lose and to give you like the open all the doors because why don't I have anything to lose? It's just, you can just move up from there. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100% with that. I mean, there's so many people that ended up like, being owned by their position. You know, like you have the car, so you have to pay the, 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 the credit line for the car. You have a, a house, so you have to pay for your mortgage and so on. And there's just so many of those things. You know what I mean? When you remove all that from the equation, then you just kind of like, you are a human person traveling a little bit with a certain amount of savings. And, you know, that's just, that's all you are. You know, it's you and your backpack. And I feel like it's, you know, it, it brings you to, you know, first understanding life better, in my opinion, understanding yourself mm -hmm. better. And also, you know, like it's kind of, you know, there is no, there is nothing else. It's just that. So if you don't make it work, well, you know, you're left with just that little. You know, if you invest that that thousand in that, you know, I don't know, little business you want to start and you don't make it, well, you're left with whatever you had minus this one thousand. And so, you know, there is actually mm -hmm. a real, there is a stake. And I feel like there is a miss. Yeah. A lot of people miss that. You know, there is no stake in life. You know, what's your stake? What's the stake every day? You know, what are you thriving for? What's your, you know, why are you here? And you know what drives you and i feel like i always kind of know what drives me i always know where i'm going i know what i'm ready what i'm about to lose if i don't make it and what i'm about to gain if i make it and there's always this balance and that's how my balance keeps on going and i feel like uh, a lot of people don't have that and i feel like it, it, the easiest way to get that is when you kind of leave everything you know and just start afresh yeah no no that's the, yeah absolutely absolutely okay i think we're going to the last question this is like an imaginary question. If you could have a time machine and go back in time to the time or the day you left France, 
what would you tell what would you tell to yourself at that time you're right go on good on you mate <laughs> good, <laughs> good on you mate <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, yeah, obviously I made mistakes, but I wouldn't want to not do those mistakes because otherwise I wouldn't have learned from them and I'd be a, a moron traveling, traveling and making mistakes again. I feel like you learn more from your mistake than you will ever learn in school. So, you know, uh, you know I, I couldn't have traveled earlier than I did. So I wouldn't say travel earlier or anything. I would just say, go on, just do exactly what you were planning, you know, you know, fork it up when you fork it up and uh you know stand back up and just keep going you know that's, that's just what life is you know so I, i'd be like go on sweet yeah, yeah. great answer what about great you what, what would so, you tell yourself do you think you may you know is there any mistakes you want to change no what i would tell myself would be don't worry everything's gonna work out yeah but if you don't that's worry then there's no stakes so you know I see, you don't want to say that either because then you're kind of like yeah i know i'm gonna make it so i'm not gonna stress too much no, but because then the problem the problem will be on your way. It's not gonna be easy. Yeah, true, you're gonna true. go through the process, but at the same time, it's like a, it's it's gonna work out that's at the true, end. That's true. It's just like it's totally. It's, it's, it's probably what I would say is like a go ahead because it's totally worth it. Yeah. Which I probably which I knew at the time anyway, but uh, now it's, it's definitely totally worth it. Nice. So if people wants to reach out to you, is there any way they can? Get in touch to you with you. What's Ooh, the best? Yeah, way there's, to uh, there's plenty. Um, if you are planning a trip to New Zealand, you can check out nzpocketguide.com. It's the largest travel guide to New Zealand, and it's all free, so there is no catch right here. Just check out the website. Um, and if you want to actually ask us questions, uh, if you feel like a little bit stressed, you can join us on YouTube every single Sunday at 8 a.m. New Zealand time. We are on YouTube and we do one hour of Q&A. So you just, we're just sitting down on our couch and we take questions from the live chat and we answer questions of travelers. So you can join us then and chat with us then. If you're planning a trip to Fiji, you can check FijiPocketGuide.com. If you're planning a trip to Tonga, you can check TongaPocketGuide.com. If you plan a trip to Nui, you can check NuiPocketGuide.com. And I think we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all this nonsense. Just type the name of those businesses and you can find us. I think that's how it works. But yeah that's it so many so many pocket guides yeah well yeah so we have pocket guides for most of the south pacific islands um, but that's the one that i like to highlight right now it's great you guys must be really 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 busy that sounds like uh, but it's it's you're not never busy a day in your life if you do what you love so i don't feel like i'm busy i'm really happy absolutely thanks thanks very much thank you very much for uh, for your time for today thank you very much for having me daniel no worries my pleasure <laughs> bye-bye Hope you enjoyed this conversation on Edwin Robin. If you want to get in touch with him or if you want to check his work and his guides, I will post all the links in the show notes. I encourage you to Google Newey because it's absolutely stunning. It's spelled N-I-U-E. One more thing, um, we discussed opening a business on a visa. Before going ahead and do it, check with the local authorities if you are allowed or not. If you want to support the show, you can share this episode and you can leave us a review. They will help others finding this show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you want to be on the show, you can send me an email at stories at or visit emigrantslife.com.